Press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Welcome to uh, another episode of Snacks Packs. This episode is brought to you by the foundation to, I don't know, bring my uncle back. He died today. so. Um, oh, did he really? Yeah. That sucks. It'd be like that sometimes. People be dying. I didn't really know they him that well. But he seemed like a cool guy. I think he was the one that I got a lot of ghost stories from. Um, so, RIP to that guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that sucks. Have you seen the new, uh, Liz, if you don't get off my shit, have you seen the new, like, stills from the new Crow movie with Bill Skarsgård? Yeah, yeah, it looks yep. awful. It looks terrible. Uh, yeah, yes. It was, it's giving Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared giving- Leto Joker vibes. <laughs> yeah, it is very yeah. much, uh, that's what the, it's, it's what the kids call not serving cunt. So. It's not, it's not, not serving hardly any cunt at all. Not serving a parcel of cunt, you know what I'm saying? Uh, fucking uh, minute amount of cunt. Did we talk about on the show that they're making that Dick Turpin show already? I don't think so. Did we talk about that on the podcast? Yeah, that there is a, a Dick Turpin show is happening. Really? I feel like we did. Maybe yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. It's with the, it's with the guy from uh, IT mighty... Crowd. What's that guy's name? Is that the Mighty Boosh guy? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That'd be. Fun. That's gonna be good. Girl, it's lay like down. Girl, uh, Noel Fielding. That's yeah, right. Noel Fielding. Um, no, I watched I, the Great. Uh, have you seen the Great British Bake Off? No, oh, fuck Disney yeah, I've seen for the, the first time. Great British Bake Off, my boy. He's great in that. Um, I it was one of my good. One of my it's favorite good. episode. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, who? What's his name? Somebody messages Joey Lysette. He's a British comedian, um, and I find him fucking hilarious. And he was in the Great British Bake Off, and it's it was, it's a good episode. I think that and it's like weird because like I don't really like watch any of Joey Lysette's stuff, but like every time I see clips of him or whatever, I'm just like he's so funny, so funny. Um, and British people are notoriously not funny, so you know that's cool. That's you know I remember when I was a kid, my uncle showed me a lot of funny stuff. Ton of Mel Gibson, a lot of stuff like that. But he showed me Monty Python, nice. and he was like, "He was like the British have a different sense of humor." And I was like, "That oh, is correct." I didn't realize that would be a thing. Yeah. I thought things were funny, funny you know. And, and every, then I saw yeah. Monty Python, and I was like, "Yeah, they are. They got a different sense of okay. humor." Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. I feel like, I feel like my love of Monty Python has been very, I don't know, parabolic. Like I, I was like, "Yeah, Monty Python, so funny," and then. And then now I'm just like, ah, I, don't, I don't like it hardly yeah. at all. And yeah. I'm just like, please stop repeating it's it. Like, it's that like old, the most important. old stuff like that, too. It's like the first time you see it, you're like, wow, this is hilarious. And then you watch it again like a couple years later, and you're like, eh, it's yeah, a lot of low-hanging fruit jokes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. for real. I mean, it, it, there are very like, yeah, that's... That's silly. That's you know? cer- yeah, that's like, certainly goofy. Like the silly walks committee. Like, imagine being with somebody and they're watching that and they're like cracking up. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh my god, for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're never hanging out again. Is bro. Sweet D dating a <laughs> yeah, right? 
Um, <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it just wouldn't work for me. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, Someone messaged us, uh, Alex did, and they said, in relation to season 15, episode 6, which I don't remember which one that yeah, was. Say, which one is that? Wait, which one are we on right now? Oh, that was the last episode we just said. Uh, <laughs> nice. well, just say the last uh, episode. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Weirdo. But it's all right, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I don't, they said, I don't know how relevant this is, but in 2024, Netflix used to use. Oh, wait. I don't know how relevant this is in 2024. But Netflix used to use your watch history to change your cover that you'd see for a movie or TV show. So, for example, if you're watching a lot of shows with gay men, they're going to show you hot men on the cover, regardless of how much they actually appeared in the movie or show. Damn. I thought that was interesting. That's I swear crazy. I'm not watching any Janet Ortega stuff yeah, I, at all. I can't <laughs> I can't think of... Uh, they, I'm sure they brought that up because we were talking about the cover. Yeah, of, the cover uh, of, of yeah, X, X was Jenna Ortega yeah, yeah. when she was in that movie for like all of 10 minutes. Yeah, and she was like not remarkable at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's crazy. I didn't know that, but that I mean, that makes perfect sense of why they would do that. I mean, you're into fucking hot dudes. Here's a bunch of hot dudes on the cover. Get you but that does make sense. Thank you for sharing that, Alex. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good little, little little tidbit. Yeah, I like when people do that. We do get follow ups from people all the time. We're like, it's oh, a- hey, just by the way about that one thing. It's I'm like, incredible. Damn, I it's no always idea. like someone listening to old episodes or whatever, and then they they like hear us talk about their special interests, and they're like, "Oh, okay, let me drop yeah, some yeah, more on you here." And I'm like, "Please like do, yeah, yeah, yeah. activated. Please do. We love all absolutely that. all the lore. We do love it, uh, Darlene. If you're listening, congratulations, congratulations, Darlene. Uh, so, in my news, my family news, um, my dad had. Uh, shortness of breath, so we had to go to the hospital. We went to the ER, and it was he had clot blood clots in his lungs. Okay. I guess that can just happen. All right, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes your body betrays you. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, um, uh, also, yeah. So then he uh had he they were like, all right, just take it easy. We're gonna put you on these thinners. Get the hell out of here. And then they were like. Like a few hours later, they're like, "Actually, you should stay another night." And I was like, okay. "Like, what did you find? What? What?" I'm happened? like, "I'm sorry, what? Yeah, happened? what changed? <laughs> what changed your mind there?" I'm, gonna, I'm a little they, curious. They, it was because his oxygen was so low, and it was very obvious that they were just trying to like clear the the space. Yeah, and get, him, get the fuck down, new, new sack Sucker, of meat yeah. in there to ignore. And um, so he stayed another night. But anyway, so he sends his group. My dad. I, so I don't care that he's sick, and he doesn't take care of himself, and I'm not sad. And he loves when he's sick because people have to pay attention to him. Yeah, it's, it's what he loves. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. victim because it's you know, it's not his fault. It's like, oh, woe is me, right, yeah, gang? Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> right, you know. And so he t- he does his group chat. He texts like ten or eleven people. He texts like some of his sisters, a couple of his kids, I think an uncle maybe. Uh, or like ah, his damn. brother, rather, um, an ex girlfriend, uh, a his my mom, his ex wife, everyone, and, dude, and 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 uh, like one of his current partners or whatever he's got going on. Okay, one of his slam hogs. All right, he doesn't know I have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he texts all these people in one group chat. A bunch of people don't even know what's happening, but he texts this like long update. And he's like, "This is the situation of." But he texts it like you're in the middle of the conversation with him, you know? So a bunch of people are like, what's going on? Yeah, Who what's happening? For? So I uh, – it's it, funny because it kind of read to me like spam, especially because 
like that was a thing like doing big group chats for a little while where the spam bots would do that and yeah. then um a bunch of people were like what is this you know in the chat so i texted in all caps unsubscribe because <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah it's funny it, it reads like spam and um apparently my aunts in that chat and one of my dad's slam hogs thought i was being like deadly serious <laughs> and they were like they're like that's awful like that's terrible like shut up and, nerd and then my other aunt, uh, like on my mom's side, who was also in the group chat now that I remember it. <laughs> um, and my mom, she, so I was talking to my mom about it, and she's like, oh, I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and then my aunt, my aunt comes into the house uh, on, well, on speakerphone, and she's like, I heard about your hilarious comment in the group chat. <laughs> I was like, this side of the family is so, so cool. much cooler. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> Uh, my sister thought it was hilarious. I was like, you know what? That hit with everybody I needed it yeah, to. Yeah, everybody who was important. Like it, it, I was it like, if well you really it. don't know me, and my aunt even said this. She was like, that's the most goose thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't know me, it, like to the point that you'd think I'm being deadly serious and something like that, like, like your you opinion are is a useless. stranger to me. Yeah, yeah I don't mean any, you don't mean anything. Your opinion but, is dog shit, and I don't want to hear it. But uh, once, uh, once, uh, like the my aunt and mom said that, I was like, all right, sweet, confirmed. Yeah, I'm in the clear. Yeah, confirmed. <laughs> like, that Fucking was super fun. Put a stamp. <laughs> put a stamp on it. Um, that's how like my uh, parents, like my dad's side of the family, they're not not funny. Like they're not like unserious. They're just very, like, stand-up people. So, like, if I make a joke about, like, killing myself, it's probably not going to go over well. No. But if I, no. like, go hang out with my mom's side of the family and I make a joke about killing myself, they're going to be like, hell yeah, brother. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Goddamn right. Whose side is badass. Yeah, fucking <laughs> sick, dude. Um, yeah, no, I totally understand that. Oh, uh, yeah, that was so funny. Uh, I my thing, my dad took it seriously, and I was like, it is a joke, Dad. And uh, if he's going to be bothered about it, I was like, you're a fucking baby. Like, Shut up, bro. This is why your breath yeah. is short. Uh, dude, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you're stressing about bullshit. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. dumb, dumb, dummy stuff. Uh, uh, I thought that was funny. You want to do some headlines? You got yeah, updates? I would love that. Let's hear it. You don't got any updates? Not that I can remember, but if it comes to me, it comes to me. All right. If it comes on you, it comes it on It comes you. all over me. Uh, Mitch McConnell is stepping down as head of the Senate. He is the longest Senate leader of all American history and by far one of the worst people who's ever lived. Good so. God. It's about <laughs> fucking time. About he's, so time. he's not resigning from his position because I think he has four more years in his Senate or maybe two uh, yeah. for his run. He's just done being in charge of it. Oh, thank God. I I I mean, yeah, it's fascinating. Who the, who the I don't else? know how to feel about it. Who is who gonna is gonna replace gonna, him? Yeah, who they're gonna put who in is there? Who's gonna replace him? Mitch McConnell 2.0 or something. What's crazy is McConnell. Like he still cares about things that most Republicans don't give a shit about. Like he's really like shockingly, his opinion of foreign policies. Like he really takes this very seriously. Like he he's very concerned about the situation in Myanmar. He pushed really hard for Ukraine aid for Taiwan aid. Like he he's like no no because he's from the old Cold War era. He's like no we got to fight the commies. Yeah brother. yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah we yeah. ain't fucking around. No, we gotta no. fight the commies. <laughs> uh, even though his um, wife Elaine Cho has, Cho has like connections with the Chinese government, but Incredible. whatever. I, I know. Um, Incredible. It, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so he, and he like, 
for whatever a piece of awful garbage bastard he is, he got his fucking job done like no one ever has. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Who is going to fill those shoes? It's going to be a lunatic. There's nobody left like that Yeah, no. Fuck no. That's a dying breed right there. I mean, they're all still lunatics, but that's like... They're such a different lunatic That's old school lunatic. Yeah. 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 I love that his wife has ties to the fucking Chinese Chinese government. government, It's like... This is why men shouldn't be politicians, because if you ever want to fucking, you know, be a spy, just touch, the, hangle their pangus, just touch their pee-pee a little bit, boom, you're in, you're in. Dude, it, the, um, the, their marriage has always been very weird. It gives, uh, what is it, Frank Underwood, House of Cards kind of thing. Oh, you, yeah, You ever yeah, watch it? Yeah. You, you don't really think they love each other, but they, like, uh, they love power, uh-huh, you know? Yeah. It's... She was the transportation secretary under Trump, too. No shit. Even though Trump was saying all this nasty Dude, yeah, yeah. shit all the time. Oh, my you God. You just turn those ears off when he's talking like that, and then you yeah, turn she back owned. On. Oh, yeah, yeah. She ran a, uh, Cho, Cho, Chatsy. Her father had ties with the government. Um, the government, whose government runs a bank that has loan commitments from the company in the order of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So, like, her company owes hundreds of millions of dollars to the Chinese government. Also, federal- how do you look at Mitch McConnell and be like, all right. You can't. There's you no pangus to handle. Yeah, there's can't. no pangus to handle there, dude. dude like, the man had polio. There's no way yeah, any of this no, shit still works at this age. No He's so fucking old. way, bro. Not a goddamn chance. Uh, uh, the well, So I popped over to the conservative subreddits. Cause as one does. McConnell's getting pushed out by the right wing, basically. Yeah. The more right wing than Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and... Um, they said McConnell's from a pathetic era of GOP readership where de- Democratic approval was the gold standard of accomplishment. He should have bounced in Trump's first term. What the fuck? I, I was like, oh my god, dude, he has done so much to give you everything your party yeah, has every, ever wanted. Everything. <laughs> and and you're just shit. If on your him. fucking goons got what they wanted, they would get literally fucking nothing done. <laughs> he would get no improvement. It's insane how much he did. And I love that. I love that Mitch McConnell gets no respect from the people that he's done the most for. Uh, uh-huh. That is like that brings a great and deep Add fucking joy satisfaction to, my, to me. Yeah, to my chest cavity. I'm like, Mitch McConnell, you will die so disrespected and hated by everyone who's ever known you. Yeah, Isn't that the amazing? day the day that you croak, people will celebrate. There will be it celebrations. Will, yeah. There will be celebrations, yeah. and and not for life, but for your death. You know, because like yeah. when 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 people who are alive die, they're like we're gonna celebrate their life. We're gonna party. Uh, but when you die, it's we're gonna celebrate. No, it, fucking we will be dying. explicitly celebrating that you are no longer yeah. a part of this mortal coil. Yeah, you brothers. are no longer in the land of the living. So, uh, but yeah, it was so funny seeing all those comments of how much they fucking hated him. I was like, wow, yeah. McConnell is. <laughs> He really weaseled himself into the most under... Dude puts fucking three Supreme Court justices on there for the Republicans, and they're still like, fuck yeah. How do you live your your life like that? Like I know. I'm like, what were you getting even, dude? I don't... What the fuck were you getting? I guess a permanent job for like 40 years or some shit. Toothless, I'm going to kick you the fuck out if you do not stop your bullshit. Oh, my God. Just fucking walking between my legs, pulling on my cords and shit like that. You're being too much right now. Um, yeah, and like that. I mean, you know, I gotta respect that. That's a man that truly does not give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. He's like, 
Dude, does no, not he's even, give a shit. There's been interviews with him. And there's another one I'm trying to think of. I think it's Newt Gingrich, but and oh, it was um uh Bill Barr. They're all like, "Hey, man, I don't really give a fuck if you guys don't like me when I die." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, uh, you know what, man? You are the devil, dude." Like, I like, I respect the fact that you just don't give a fuck you at all. You are the devil. I wish, I wish I had that, but there's a level of like, I don't give a fuck, and so I'm just gonna like be who I want to be. But I'm also like empathetic and kind. Then there's like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me at all. And I'm only working in my self-interest, and I will be doing despicable things because of that. And you're just like, I don't give a I, shit, boners. Fuck you. Like, just, oh, my God. They're like, we're like, your legacy will be terrible. And he's like, awesome. Like, ah, fuck. He's like, That's great. That's kind of all we had left at this yeah. point. <laughs> I have a lot of money. Who cares? Okay. It sounds it's, like I'll be remembered. Yeah. yeah. you like, damn, you will be. <laughs> you got my ass there, dude. <laughs> you got my ass there. Uh, wow. And then, so that's that grim news. You want to hear some different grim news? Obviously. I want to hear this headline. Oh, hit it with the headline. This is from AP. Idaho halts execution by lethal injection after eight failed attempts to insert IV line. No shit. Uh, Creech, 73, has been prisoned half a century, convicted of five murders in three states and suspected of more. And he was serving a life term for beating an inmate to death, uh, the crime for which he was to be executed, actually. Okay. And so they could not access a vein, uh, and others, they had concerns about vein quality. They attempted sites at his arm, legs, hands, and feet. At one point, a medical team member left to gather more supplies. Whoa. One of their hands was shown to be shaking while they were working what on it. What the fuck? Uh, the correction department said its death warrant for Creech would expire. Um... I, uh, which means he probably will not be able to be executed at this point. No. And it's also like, because what they did, if you do all that and then even, and then execute them, you still like, have almost done cruel and unusual. Yeah. yeah, That doesn't matter. Like for the most part, he'll just be dead. No one will do anything about it. Yeah. But now if they go back, it's like, you got, you just like tortured that. Yeah. You literally put, that said the day he was going to die. You did a mock execution. Yeah. You you told him the day he was going to die and he mentally prepared for that. And it didn't happen. He was literally strapped down saying, I love you to the family while they're stabbing him. Yeah. And, And Oh my god! He's I'm like, like that is a horror. He's strapped down. He's like, "Here we go. I love you guys." And they fuck it up. He's like, "Okay, here we go again. Love you guys." And I really do love four you guys. more times. <laughs> the third one, he's like, "Hold on, I'm gonna wait." Yeah, yeah. Let's. No, nope, yeah, okay. Hold no. on. He's gonna, they're moving. One yeah. second. Let's try. Let's... <laughs> oh so man! they have fucking correctional officers giving him the fucking uh, dude, ID, dude? I, from what they were talking about, basically, that's, that's ridiculous. What it like. That's ridiculous. They said Most... something about. Uh, hold on. Where can I find that term? Both those- this is what happens when unknown individuals with unknown training are assigned to carry out an execution. Damn, that was from the they really Defender were. Services. They really were just basically letting correction officers do it. Most of those people hardly pass seventh grade intensive reading. So for so, them to administer the death penalty is crazy. I mean, basically, what the, this legal advocate is saying is, you ain't got records that this is a real medical team. Yeah. For th- they're always their job is to be casting doubt on it because that's what they're doing. They're advocating for not executing people. Yeah. Um, it said this is precisely the kind of mishap we warned the state and the courts would happen when attempting to execute one of the country's oldest death row inmates. Um, and that is a like a problem uh, with injection with the old people. I guess it's, yeah, it's harder to do that. So uh, also, I bet he was like trying to fuck. I bet he been. He's like, I'm gonna fuck everyone yeah, in my face. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be so scarred. You won't be able to stab uh, a razor. That goddamn thing, son. Uh, I wonder, like, 
if you die, if you're serving, oh. like, what? Oh, you want to? The execution team was made up entirely of volunteers. Oh, that's not good. Dead. That's not. I good. mean, I don't think we should tell anybody to just kill somebody. But yeah. I also, but also, if someone's crazy, you volunteer. If someone's like, that. I'll do it. I'll kill him. I would be like, no, go ahead and sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, you are way too yeah. fast. I was not done telling you. Yeah, what the story way was. <laughs> too eager to be up here doing this. I'm gonna go ahead and need you to take a seat. Um, it says those tasked with inserting the IVs and administering the drug had medical training, but their identities were kept secret. They wore white, white uh, balaclava face coverings and scrub caps to conceal their faces. Dude, imagine being that guy. You and the other people part of the execution team go back to the room and you're just like, damn, I really fucked that up. Oh, really bad day at work. Yeah, bad day at work, Whew. indeed. How was, how was the execution? Botched it. Yeah. <laughs> Botched it. <laughs> you have probably like one of the easiest jobs there is, which is t- like, you know, killing another person, which doesn't take a lot, and uh, you, you fucked it up. Um, Dude, the man ate a last meal, you know? That's crazy. Uh, last meal was fried chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, and ice cream. Horrible choice. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'd eat it, but <laughs> no. still. Yeah, I would eat it. Yeah, but not for meal? my last one. Yeah, You're you crazy, gotta go bro. all out, my boy. Spice it up a little, dog. That's uh, um, he's did. Yeah, so uh, that was the story. I mean, he says he's a changed man. He married the mother of a correctional officer. He writes poetry. Blah blah blah. I don't think the state should execute anybody. This is a great example of why. Um, it's but also I don't really care what happens to a dude who murdered like eight people. Like, yeah. That's how I feel. Monster. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I feel like, I don't, I feel like the state shouldn't execute people, but I'm also like, you know, people like that and like pedophiles and shit. I'm like, you should kind of die. My, this is my, this is my, um, a, you know, proposal that I'm putting out on the table. So you got this guy, fucking kill some children or is a chomo or whatever. What you do then is you auction off his life. And then <laughs> he's hunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you auction, you auction yeah. off his life and it's, it's, yeah, it's and, the greatest game. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. goes <laughs> to the highest bidder and they get full immunity. What they get to do yep. with him and all the earnings from the auction go to the victim's families. Um, I'm sure there's some yes. legal gray, like areas there that need to be explored. I mean, but. I think if you're going to do it, the only, the only way I would honestly be on board is if they're hunted with a powerful rifle and guaranteed a humane kill. That's it. Okay. You do that. You give them the full safari experience, you know, maybe give them like a screwdriver. Yeah, and be like, Ooh, yeah, there's yeah. some element, you know, but ultimately it should be a, yeah, I, I don't, I, but I don't think uh, our justice system and the police are nearly reliable enough to justify anybody being no, not at all. for sure executed. Not at all. Especially so, like, unless we like, you know, a guy that gets caught in the act like three, four times, yeah. gets in and out kind of thing, like he needs, has had every opportunity, yeah. is just a threat to society, but I don't know. Still, nah. I see, yeah, even then I'd be like, I feel like there's, I don't think he's just a bad dude. I think he's got some yeah. mental issues oh, at yes, play there here you go. that exactly. needs to be yeah. addressed. Know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean... Most dudes who are capable of just like strangling ten people to death are definitely yeah definitely Ill mentally ill yeah hundred yeah, like, percent insane they're yeah, not exactly so. you know the most sound individual um but yeah I don't know I think uh, but maybe they should be like I don't know uh just like like they should never be comfortable I kind of that's how yeah. I kind of feel about it. 
like I think put them in like a room that's a little too hot or a little too cold, you know, or they like a, a very stiff bed. Yeah, forever. Yeah, you know, a room that's a little too small. I mean, I'm, kill- I'm, I'm down that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, killing someone is you know for being a horrendous individual is kind of like you know it's a little too easy. It's like you're just all right. You're that's gone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're that's gone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Even if it does take a long time and way more money than incarcerating them does. Yeah. I'm still like, yeah, like what? Now he's just go- gets out of this. Like, yeah, make him suffer or for real, do something. Put him in a hole. Yeah, like, put him, whatever. Put him in a hole. Exactly. Like, like a, make him yeah. real uncomfortable. Um, Dick so- Cheney should just be allowed to be slapped by every American <laughs> at least one time and see how long. He at lives least for it, one you know time. I mean? <laughs> it's like a social. It's like getting social security. It's like you you get one slap on Dick Cheney per life. <laughs> <laughs> they punch your social security <laughs> card. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, you, yeah, you there's a slap. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there's something to that. I think that'd be a good clause to include for like president and vice president. Just like if things, like if you fuck up too bad, we're invoking that. Yeah, and, we get to slap for you everywhere you go, bro. You get one slap, one yeah. fucking good hard slap. It's like when I was in the <laughs> army. And we'd have these stupid fucking change of command ceremonies where we'd have to sit outside for five hours while some dudes, three guys in a triangle, handed flags off to each other. Like a bunch of fucking idiots, dude. Dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like handed swords and We're shit doing to each this other. Flag. Yeah, dude. They're like handing swords and shit to each other and like our banner colors. And I'm like, bro, we're in fucking West Texas right now. I'm like, I'm trying to go smoke a cigarette. Uh, but, but I feel like. If you want to take command of a battalion or a company-sized element, you need to fist fight the old commander. So I'm like, if you want command of this unit that bad, you got to fight for it. I don't want to see... I don't want fucking... Here's my That's paperwork. True. You should fight each other for it. Although, I mean, that does discriminate against, uh, I would say, women primarily. No, they can get a weapon. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, even the play screwdriver. Field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Now we'll even the playing field. Um, yeah, that's fair. You know, if you're a five four woman going up against a dude who's like six five and you know two hundred and sixty pounds of pure muscle, you're gonna get like a ball peen hammer or like maybe some a projectile of some sorts. Maybe not a gun. Yeah. But Maybe like a hand crossbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossbow would be really good. Or like that's, a that's pretty fair. You like a wrist it. rocket and a pocket of ball bearings. I think you could fucking take <laughs> something out of that. <laughs> David and Goliath, brother. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's in the Bible. It's, it's in the Bible. It. Um, it's in the Bible. Literally in the Bible. So yeah. Who went first last week? I have no idea. You need to watch mm-hmm. Jules. I think I did. I th- I think what I realized is because of the way we alternate, we start every. If you start, it's always covering a dick, the dick, the bad guy. We always that's how it works. We oh. are start. If I'm uh, yeah, I'm not starting. You are because you're covering the bad guy. So the bad guy's always. Do we just need starter. to switch it for one episode and then it'll go back? And do we forth? need to? I mean, we don't need I don't to. Know. We don't need to. I don't fucking really anything. care. It's. I was like, yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. it's fine. I don't yeah, give a it shit. doesn't really. Mean, I'm like, does that? I don't really think the episodes change or matter if no, it's the no. good, bad, bad, good. Both stories. If you guys agree told. or disagree, let us know. Yeah. If I just write us, write us at Snacks Packs Podcast. Uh, you need to watch Jules. That was a really cute movie. 
really got me. Oh yeah, I did yeah. it. I know. I, I dude, I've been oh, man. This season of Better Call Saul is like Bang I have to emotionally process every episode like a movie, dude. It's insane. Yeah, that well, there was a death that was so shocking in it that I was like bothered about damn. it all day. I was like, damn. God damn, dude, that is just damn boy. That just ain't right, that's dude, crazy. I know it's really good. How many? And they seasons? finally did the transition of, like, now we've finally seen Jimmy McGill become Saul Goodman, like okay. as we know him in Breaking Bad, like that. I, I mean, and that's a big part of the show. You don't know when that moment's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, seeing it was crazy. Cause, dude, oh man, like the Saul in Better Call Saul is like so ridiculous and, and like larger than life. And yeah, you're like no this dude could be real but like it, it's insane that better call Saul provided a realistic arc from like a fairly normal okay dude to all the way to that like and and it being like completely plausible it's oh man i mean it's like, the it's the breaking bad effect because that's what dude. i mean that's what made breaking bad such revolutionary revolutionary television at the time is because every tv show you know you had your main character and he had these really nice like oh better person arc but you never saw a dude who was like a pretty stand-up guy just go to be a fucking awful piece of shit and dude it's it's crazy with better call saul too because contextualizing walt you're like he's actually like legit like one of the worst most destructive characters in the whole show yeah like he's so much worse than almost anybody in the yeah. cartel you know like he's Which just is fucking crazy an absolutely insane man yeah 100 yeah. percent. i wonder how many people that's just lying underneath them you know what I mean? dude like, yeah. ready, ready to go <laughs> ready to fucking go um so do i go first how yeah how long have we been recording uh about 30 minutes oh only 30 minutes we use a gap for like 40 i'm trying to think what i uh, i read a you've been reading did you read are you reading neuromancer yeah i am reading neuromancer yeah is it good it is good i'm enjoying it i haven't uh you see that just now announcing a show ahead of the (laughs) curve ahead of jesus christ we're always just like a week ahead Uh uh-huh they should fucking you know hire us be consultants i wish i got paid just to sit and think about stuff and be like that's what it's that's what's gonna happen like fucking Hunter S. Thompson getting paid to just like drink and fucking with yeah be yeah, yeah go send faxes <laughs> to people or whatever like <laughs> this is what I did this week and I'm like god damn what a life man man what I, a I life know. shoot at your neighbor a couple times bro fuck yes oh I'm reading uh, Anthony Bourdain's book now oh I'm no shit how is Kitchen it? Confidential yeah I I went and looked through my Kindle because I was like I feel like I've got books sitting in here that I don't even remember I put on here yeah and I found that and I was like. That's kind of a good mix of like interesting nonfiction and something I don't read a lot. And oops, excuse me, I don't really, I don't really like autobiographies. I tend to, yeah, I'm not crazy completely. about them either. I, I'm like you, ninety eight percent of the time, they're such a jerk off. Yeah, I, it, like yeah. it's very self serving, yeah. very bullshit. I mean, anyone uh, who's like, I'm gonna write a book about myself, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Are, are you sure? Yeah, it's uh, like I, someone like, who gives them, gives them their own nickname. I'm like, oh, okay, bud. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah, like, I will read a biography about someone, but an autobiography, I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. But this is pretty good. He's, he, he doesn't, like, 
make himself look cool at all. He really is. He's he very seems like, critical of his past. Self. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that like he wouldn't be like. And then I, you know, I worked in all these amazing kitchens and I did all this. He just seems like the kind of guy that would be like, be real chill, be real sturdy with it. He, yeah, I mean, he did. He starts just at like a, t- a small town, fucking. You know, uh, like local uh, peer restaurant. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, that's that's his start. A very humble. Started as a goddamn prepping the food up to you know. That's it. It's. I, um, I've always liked. It's pretty good. Anthony I like how he writes Wayne. too. R.I.P. to a fucking real one. Oh, I know. R.I.P. to He's a so real cool. One. I like his his death is so shocking to me. Yeah. I was like, damn. I, I just. That shit freaks me out, dude. Because I'm like, yes, I'm like, if Anthony if, Bourdain is the most perfect life I could have imagined. Yeah, I was like, I if mean, Anthony huh. Bourdain was so depressed or whatever, he took his own life. Like, maybe it doesn't get better. Maybe it just fucking. Like, I know, you know that it's not like if your life is good, you're happy. Yeah, and that's yeah. what freaks me out. Because yeah. Anthony Bourdain's life was so, so good. good, so that's sick. Ins- he worked really hard to get where he did. Yeah, and yeah. He has an amazing like. He, then, then he just started getting paid to travel all over the world Fuck and me, travel food and describe and, and i my favorite thing about anthony is he has such a good respect for like the culture of a food and like where it comes yeah. from and stuff and uh i mean that's I, why I, I, I like that i think that's it's why like, he's so good at what he does because he wasn't eating food and being like oh the fucking the fish taste is coming in real nice he's like nah here's yeah. a backstory of why they made this, yeah, where yeah. this came from yeah the uh, somebody I was talking about how Anthony Bourdain put the Z Man from Oklahoma Joe or mm. what, Joe's KC um, on his like one of the ten things you need to eat before you die. Like, and I was like, that's so significant to yeah, me. It's insane yeah. that I grew up down the street from the place that he is saying is like in all of the world. It's crazy. He's saying, yeah, you gotta eat. You gotta Z-Man, eat. Bro. Yeah, fucking that's insane. That's so cool. And someone was like, oh, um, Anthony Bourdain, is that the? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. I'll I was like, you, you yeah, mother, dude, you. the table yeah. like erupted. Yeah. They're like, oh my god. I, will... I was like, first of all, put some respect on the mayor of Flavortown's yeah, fucking for name, real, okay? dude. That's Guy fucking guy, Fieri. Yeah, Don't start to make G. me spout Guy Fieri fun facts, goddamn. Yeah, I'll fucking hit you with a shovel. Don't you ever? <laughs> You're an elite. And also, own. Anthony Bourdain and Guy Fieri are just not, not the, same. the same shit not at the all. Same at all, but it's a good try, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and also, book, so far, excuse me, um, putting other restaurants and like, you know, businesses on the map like that is fucking, I can't, one of the, I th- think it's cool what he does. Yeah. I think it's incredible. And it's like, I, I think the food is generally gross. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. my dad, his hobby is recreating recipes from that show. And I'm like, dad, I'm all crazy, you're gonna die, dude. You're crazy, gonna die. dude. Um, it's just cheese and salt, brother. That's all thing. One of the things, so, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, a foodie or fucking whatever, but, like, I've seen in that community, there's a very, it's like urban explorers. There's a very, like, um, you know, people who want to keep things a secret. And, like, for urban explorers, I get it. It's like, if too many people figure out about the spot, uh, you know, it's going to get, there's going to be more police presence. But also, like, fuck you. If someone asks where it is, just tell them, you stupid dick. But, like, people who, like, eat out at restaurants and, like, post a picture of their food and, like, cover up the logo and shit like that because they don't want people going there. And, like, 
burning out their spot. Oh like, my! God. I'll hit you in the fucking teeth with my car. Okay, dude, I, like, I love you, that. I saw there's a guy who the GeoGuessr dude will yeah. troll those videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're the, like, oh, I know where that is. Boom, boom. <laughs> the, the guy who put all the little black bars over the 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 labeling on the uh, paper that comes in the basket, yeah. and he fucking figured out where it was. I was like, God damn, boy. That guy's incredible. God damn. There, and it's like he's just a guy. Like, what do you think? Like, the government can do, dude. You know yeah, I mean? he's just a dude, but using general internet access. And this guy's insane. And then the the it, fucking government and the raw, unfiltered power of autism. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the but the government's out here just like really. What do you think they can do? They're probably fucking. What? Takes read your thoughts nothing. or something, dude. I know. Got, I mean, at this point, they probably have a, a thought reading ray. Something, like, that would yeah. not surprise something. me at and, all. And, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and be like, it's not like it, it perfectly reading your thoughts. It's like it, it just it's, tells you if you're awake or asleep. Yeah, or it, yeah, or like it's reading your body language and it's like, this person's probably about to do something. Uh, it's, yeah. it's on their mind. Uh, I would, I could definitely 100% see the government Freaks having something out. like that. I just like. That's why I and I I don't like like the feds, but I'm so fascinated by all of that. Like, I want their cool. I want to know all the cool stuff. Yeah, we're you know how many goddamn fucking presidential limousine videos I've watched because oh, oh, I so love cool. the presidential limousine. So cool, dude. bro! I, I'm like I that thing, what, like the the special chassis that it's on, and like oh, yeah, it's dude. on like a truck chassis. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a big ass like semi double reinforced I beams. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Fucking so run cool. flats, dude. Bunch dude, of steel I'm obsessed. Armor. I actually, when I graduated from college, I replied to a bunch of uh, armored car companies, oh, like who made armored cars. That's I was like, sick. I was like, please, please. I want to work one of these. I want to work. I'll do anything. So bad, dude. I was like, I was like, in another life, maybe I, I could see myself being a secret service agent. And it's like, not even because I feel like a duty to my country. I just want to know the secrets. Absolutely, not I want to know yeah. the secrets. I want to yeah. know all your little. I want to be a serviceman to the secrets. I want to guard them. Uh, uh, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Do you think the secret service be the one to get the best? best secrets uh, i feel like I, I want like cia secrets i think political sphere wise maybe but like the as CIA far as a, general as like, general secrets the cia most definitely the uh, cia as like a workplace is unimaginable to me. Oh. what a- what happened hold on uh goose just left his chair in the middle of a podcast how unprofessional i'm talking what is he doing what is happening is someone at his door am i about to witness a live b and e this would be hilarious goose just shoots somebody in the face for entering his home well whatever what it's happened? not in my house what was it? Something outside. Something fell somewhere. Oh. It's really windy. Uh, oh yeah. It was like outside. sixty degrees here yesterday. Now it's like twenty and fucking. I saw you guys fuck. had a, a sixty degree temperature drop. Yeah, Isn't that it, amazing? Like, snowed last night. I was like, I went out to my car to start it, and there was like <laughs> snow on. I was like, what the fuck is this? Shit was crazy. Like, I was wearing fucking shorts yesterday. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> Kansas sucks. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense, dude. It's been pretty normal here. Pretty norm skis. Uh, uh yeah, pretty 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 standard. It's starting to get warmer. I think it's going to be a light. I think I mean I think we're just starting March now. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I mean like the uh, the March like spring season. I think winter's over. It's All crazy. Right, we yeah. got no snow. It snowed twice and it snowed like 
a foot and a half or some shit in a week, and that was it. That was all we got. That's how uh, you said a foot and a half each time yeah. or t- in total? No, total. Oh, yeah, total. total. It was a lot of snow was, both times. I was about to say, for some reason, I feel like it would snow a lot there. I don't know why I get that idea. It's, I mean, uh, Philadelphia hasn't got, like, if it did get this snow, it'd be the first time in, like, two years that it had gotten an inch of snow. Really? Like, over an inch. Like, dude, it's all fucked up out here. Damn, that's crazy. It's awesome. I hate snow, so. I was, I, yeah, I was going to say, I figured it would snow more there, huh? Man, I guess I was wrong. Uh, that's a, well, I mean, that's just climate change. So. Yeah. Climate change, it's baby. Hell yeah. Fucking change that climate. That's what it, that's what it means of being American. You don't like it's something, true. change it. Change it. Change exactly. it. Exactly. Someone doesn't like something about you, change yourself. Change <laughs> <it>. <laughs> They uh, are correct. Change yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, I suppose I'm going to go first. So, um, hold on. I'm going to tell you. About one of the best bank robbers to ever motherfucking do it. We're going to jump right in. So, Forrest Tucker was a young lad growing up in Miami, Florida. He was born in June of 1920. He comes from an impoverished family. Uh, he's got divorced parents, you know. We're playing divorced guys out there. So, we're uh, playing divorced playing divorce guys out there. And uh, so, when he's young, his parents split up. His mom is struggling to make ends meet, and she just really can't take care of him. So she sends him off to live with his grandparents. Ship that motherfucker right off. So Forrest, despite all these trials and tribulations in his early life, is a fucking super bright kid. He teaches himself to play multiple instruments. He gets really into, like, crafting and shit. And, like, before he's 10, he builds himself, like, a super bitchin' canoe. Um, oh, that's you know, sick. It did not take on any water. It was buoyant. Um, insane. So you made a, a canoe, a canoe, yeah. Before yeah. he was ten, yeah. That's not that's bad. A, that's a bright kid be, right there. I'd be like, Damn, I'd be impressed. Right, yeah, I would yeah. be impressed. There's not a lot of things. Most kids aren't that impressed. Yeah, people like, look at my uh, kid's finger painting. Like, this looks like shit. I'm not impressed by this, but like, <laughs> yeah, a fucking canoe. like a functional canoe. But like, yeah, okay, all right, okay. son. Okay. Um. So, uh, he already had a tough life growing up, but then it gets worse. Uh. Because this what usually happens to me when I'm alone with my thoughts for more than five minutes, the Great Depression hits. So, like I said, incredibly bright kid. Uh, there That's was a good one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so there was one thing he was infatuated with that would aid in his life as a bank robber um, and wasn't the best for his, you know, bright kid title. Uh, he was super obsessed with outlaws. He loved Love, 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 good old outlaw stories. It couldn't get it doesn't love a good outlaw. Yeah, I love outlaw stories. Oh, they're so cool. Um, so he thought outlaws were pretty sick. So the Great Depression is happening. He's dirt poor. He's just fed up with being a good, upstanding citizen and getting shit on. So when he's sixteen, he gets arrested for boosting car, boosting a car, and taking it for a little test drive. He gets arrested and taken down to the station. They throw his ass in a cell, and then a few hours later, they move him into a separate room for questioning. And when he gets moved to this other room, he's like, all right, fucking peace out, boners. And he fires up his lamb graffitis, and he just takes off out the door. And uh, like, he's gone. Oh. They're like, damn. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> I know. Really. Man, if we just, like, close the door. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so he makes it out of the building, but is arrested a few days later while, while hanging out in an orange grove. So the police take him back to jail and they're like all right buddy no funny business this time and force is like you got it chief i'm straight as an arrow unbeknownst to the police when force was a fugitive 
for those couple days, he snuck back to the jail and handed some of his homies a few saw blades through the jail windows. So immediately, saw blades through the jail yeah, windows. Classic. So as soon as lights out happens, Force and a few of the jailbirds retrieve the saw blades and they saw through the bars of the window and slip back out into the night. But uh, it doesn't last long. He's caught a couple hours later uh, hiding out in a river with another guy. Uh, Force then gets sent to a reform school where he was forced to participate in hard manual labor while in a chain gang. Uh, the warden would beat the shit out of them. If they didn't work hard enough, they'd be taken to the bathroom and get waterboarded. So, not a super oh, fun time. My yeah, classic. Classic reform I'm school. Imagine being a teacher at that Yeah, right. No shit. <laughs> All right, time to go waterboard yeah, child. Your annual, he was your, being bad. Yeah, so. he backtalked. Get that motherfucker down and put a towel over his face. Um, actually what they would do is they would just put a fucking pressure hose in their face until they started like choking. And then, you know, Oh my God. Very rudimentary waterboarding. Yeah. Um, so he gets released from there after six months, but his freedom doesn't last long as he's arrested shortly after for boosting another car and he catches a 10 year sentence. Kind of insane, to be honest. Uh, your second, I mean, besides the jail breaks, your second crime crime and it's stealing a car and they give you 10 years. That's wild. Wait, how old is he? uh, He was probably, I want to say, 16, 17 at this point. 10 years on that shit? Yeah, yeah. So He ends up getting paroled when he's 24. He finds some work here and there. He was pretty well known for playing the saxophone in some big bands around Miami. That sweet fucking life of crime kept calling. So, Forrest buys a gun. Like I said earlier, he was enamored with famous outlaws growing up, but to, at this point in time, uh, it's the late 1940s, all the great ones he had, had met their fate at the end of a gun. So, this didn't deter him one bit, though. Uh, he ends up... He's like, that won't happen to me. Yeah, he's like, I'll be different, I swear. Uh, so <laughs> I'm built different. Yeah, built different. So he imitates the style of the old school gangsters. He, you know, dresses in a snazzy chalk striped suit. He's got two toned shoes on. He grabs his pistola, and on September 22nd, 1950, he strolls into a bank with a bandana around his face, and he makes off with $1,278, which is around 16 grand in today's freedom money. Um, 16? 16 grand. Yeah, around 16 grand. Uh. That's uh, horrible. Yeah, man. in the fifties. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad take for a bank heist. I mean, well, hold on. So that doesn't. That's like the. Register. Do you feel like he could get more? Yeah. Okay. Well, so did he. So, um, he okay. right. uh, he, <laughs> he returns to the same bank a few days later, and he's uh, like, 16. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Fuck. So he returns to the same it's bank. It's kind of funny to go back to the same bank because they're like, he'll never rob the it's same so bank. It's so funny. They never expect it. And then it. they're like, they're like, well, he wouldn't do it. They're like, a third time? That would be crazy. Um, but they would also be the most frustrating if he yeah, got you the third, a third time. time. You'd have yeah. to double it up. Yeah. Um, so uh, he robs the bank a second time. Uh, he makes off with a safe. And then he's promptly arrested after, for some reason, just pulling over to the side of the road with a blowtorch and trying to open the safe. Uh, no, could wait. <laughs> could Dude, not. I had a buddy. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It's like one of my favorite little snaps I have of him was he we drove somewhere to go pick up his mail and he could not wait to because he had to get like a from a p.o box i think yeah and he was driving like ripping the oh package my god me. like dude take it easy you're almost home <laughs> oh uh, my god so 
Forrest gets locked up and immediately begins for looking ways to escape. After a few weeks of looking, he begins to grab he begins to grab his stomach and howl in pain. He's rushed into the hospital where the doctors end up removing his appendix. Um, Damn it! Yeah, shucks. While so while healing up, Forrest is handcuffed to the bed, and when no one is looking, he picks the locks to his shackles because he could basically pick a lock with anything. You hearing something there, boss? I hear it again, dude. Is it like I, a I, consistent sound, or does... I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my earplug. All out. right, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, so he can pick a lock with just about anything. He gets his shackles undone, and after a few minutes, he strolls out of the hospital unnoticed. Uh, so he beats feet, uh, all the way up to California and goes on a spree of robberies. And not long after that, he begins looking for a partner and he finds a like-minded cat by the name of Richard Ballou, an ex-con who like Forrest modeled himself after old school gangsters. So the two men hit it off. They begin knocking Jesus over. Christ. Dude, That's right? A couple of fucking larpers. Dude, I, yeah, a hundred percent. A couple it of fucking so larpers. Um, so they begin knocking over bank after bank, and excuse me, the robbery spree lasts for a little over two years. They make headlines multiple times, even taking the attention away from the presidential election cycle for a brief moment. All this comes to an end when Forrest is arrested by the FBI while robbing a bank in San Francisco. Forrest is thrown back in the slammer, but this time they're not taking any chances, and they send his ass to Alcatraz. So, uh, in 1953, Forrest is 33, and he's doing a 30-year stint on the rock. He, uh, did the reputation of Alcatraz being unescapable deter our boy? Absolutely not. No with, way. Uh, So, with other inmates' help, they both be, they all began stealing tools from their prison jobs. They hid them in holes that they had carved into the bowls of their toilet, and at night, they would use them to tunnel through the floor. They almost had it. They fucking were right there, dude. They were right there. And I know. They almost had it, but somehow, an inmate in solitary confinement suggests that the guards... Uh, should search the prisoners' toilet bowls, and that's exactly what they did. This led to the force impressive collection of tools being discovered. Uh, he had a spreader bar, he had side cutters, he had a screwdriver, a wire, and a fucking blowtorch. Um, so some time passes, and Force attempts to escape again by complaining of kidney problems. And while he's getting prepped for an X-ray at the hospital. He overpowers two guards, and he takes off out of the door. He's only free for a couple hours before he's arrested in a cornfield. Um, so, okay. yeah. so he gets arrested Worth again. Yeah, he tried. He gets arrested again, but this time he does his time um, fairsy squaresies. And he's released from prison, and not long after, he gets arrested one more time, and this time he is sent to San Quentin, uh, a maximum security. If you don't know... San Quentin is a maximum security prison. Yeah. yeah, it's its nickname is the Gladiator School. Um, so it's not a chill place to be. Uh, so while in uh, San Quentin, he, along with two other inmates, began stealing scraps of wood and metal from the electrical shop. What's the plan, Stan? So on August 9th, after months of preparation, their plan was ready to be set in motion. Forrest takes all of his scrap pieces they had stolen, and he fucking fashions them into a 14-foot kayak. Um, oh, and oh, what's is it so big? What's yeah. even more, because I think it's like three dudes, that it's got to fit three people. So what's even more impressive is that he didn't even use a hammer because he thought it would be too loud. So 
the motherfucking thing is held together by tape and bolts. Um, so their plan, Forrest got this plan because he was looking out of his cell window and he noticed members from the Marin Yacht Club rowing across the, the ocean or whatever because there's a piece of San Quentin that just backs into the ocean. Because, um, like, no one's going to fucking escape this way. Uh, yeah. So he had watched these dudes sail past the prison and was like, oh, that's a good idea. The only problem was they didn't have a lot of paint. So he only painted the part of the boat that would be facing the prison guard towers. And then after he does that, he stencils the logo for the Marin Yacht Club on their prison uniforms and fucking stencils rub-a-dub-dub on the side of the boat and they attempt their escape. So they push the boat into the water from a part of the prison yard that touched the sea. They set sail in winds of more than 20 miles an hour. The fucking boat boat is pristine, holds immaculately. No water fucking dry, oh, nice. dry as a bone. He's uh, like, bro, I made me a canoe. Yeah, my he's time like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm, I've been making a canoe a time or two. So uh, the only problem is the chop is so fucking bad that they're having trouble. Uh, so right as they reach the edge of San Quentin property, they fucking the boat is hit by a wave and it capsizes. Um, so one of so they're holding on to this fucking fourteen foot canoe or whatever, and one of the prison guards spots them, and he comes out of his tower and he hollers at him. He's like, "Y'all need some help?" And they're like, "Nah, we're good." One of the inmates yells back, "Quote." We just lost a couple oars, but my Timex is still running. And then he like holds this watch that's on his wrist up or whatever. Yeah. And the guard's like, aha, okay, sounds good, and goes back into his tower. Um, and okay. their escape is successful. They fucking they do right, right? So uh, after you know a couple hours, they realize that there are three men missing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they all went their separate ways after they got out. So, California starts a statewide manhunt. So, while Cali police are looking for these dudes, police in Texas and Oklahoma start getting reports of three or four men rolling into a grocery store or bank and holding the place up. Witnesses make a point to detail that these robbers were older men, uh, much older than you expect someone who's committing a bank robbery to be, and that one of them was even sold that he was wearing a hearing aid. So... Even though uh, there were various places they would rob, one stayed sa- one thing stayed the same uh, is that there was never any violence ever. Uh, oh, Forrest, nice. he he had a gun and he would flash it, but he would never pull it out or like point it at people. Still scares people. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. So Forrest would later say that violence was the first sign of an amateur. Um, it also and, helped, which is fucking what a baller thing to say. I mean, you're true, right. Though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Better control of the situation. Yeah, a hundred percent. One thing that also helped in these robberies was that that hearing aid that Forrest wore was actually hooked up to a police scanner that was inside of his jacket. So if a silent alarm was tripped, he'd be the first to know. In the span of one year, uh, oh, and the police started. Excuse me. Police started calling them the Over the Hill Gang. Because they were all other dudes. So fucking funny. So, so in one year, the Over the Hill Gang, uh, it were suspects in at least sixty robberies in Oklahoma and Texas. Sixty, sixty, but damn, a lot of robberies. So, unfortunately, all it all comes to an end when the gang is doing a heist in 1983. They were not on their A game this day. 
Uh, they were trying to pose as armored truck drivers. Uh, their disguises were all fucked up, though. Like, one of the dude's mustaches wasn't, like, was, like, hanging off his face and shit. It was, like, I don't know what happened. I, it must have not been a good morning because they they just were not, they weren't on top of it. Uh-huh. And it didn't help that uh, Forrest's wig that he usually wore shrunk in a snowstorm recently, and so he was going in with just his regular, like, actual hair. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they roll up to this bank and they're posing as armored uh, car guards. And it's like, are they really in such a hurry to rob another place? I do. That's like another for way real. That, like, for real. So stupid. Um, no, we gotta go. Yeah, get we gotta do it one. now. For? Like you've robbed so many banks, bro. You got money. So uh, they go in posing as armored car uh, guards and. The bank manager is kind of like, wow, these dudes kind of look all fucked up. Um, their mustaches are all fucked up. What's going on here? And he looks outside. He realizes there's not an armored car outside. So he asks to see their ID. And that's when Forrest flashes a gun. He locks the teller and the manager in the room in a room. And they make off with like $430,000 uh, in gold, I believe. Um Unfortunately, which would be so tight, I would like, I would lay, I, I would lay on that. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. So unfortunately, again, Forrest wasn't wearing one of his wigs, and the teller and managers were able to identify him immediately. They track, uh, so they track him down. Police track him down to Florida later that year, and while he's walking to his car in a parking garage, uh, police attempted to arrest him. And by attempted to arrest him, I mean they spotted him immediately, pulled out their guns, and started shooting. Um, so Forrest is struck multiple times in the legs and arms, but he manages to get in his car, put it in reverse, and while driving in reverse, gets out of the parking garage. Oh, while being shot a bunch of times. Um, Damn. He ends up crashing his car, though, shortly after, and he gets out, and he's running down the street, and they, this lady pulls up who's got her young boy in the back of the car. She sees him all bloody, and she thinks he got hit by a car, so she, like, stops and picks him up. That's when Forrest pulls out his gun. He's like, he's like, fucking drive. And so she hits the gas, and he's steering, and uh, he's in the car with this lady. Her She's scared as fuck. Her son, her young son in the backseat is scared as fuck. And after a little bit, Forrest is like, okay, you know what, actually, just, just stop the car. And he gets out, and he surrenders slash passes out. Um... So He's like, uh, yeah, I surrender. Yeah, Thanks. pretty much. Um, okay. So at this point, Forrest had been on the run for around a little over like three years, I believe. So he's sent back to San Quentin, and when he gets there, he's seen as a fucking legend. They call him the captain due to his fucking crazy ass boat escape. So yeah. Forrest. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention: both times that he got arrested, you know, after robbing these banks. Uh, the police would go to his house and there was like a woman with a baby there. So like, and they were like, oh, my husband's a security bonds guy. And one of them was like, oh no, my husband's a musician. And they show him a picture of Forrest and like, actually he's a bank robber. Um, so the first marriage, yeah, the first marriage, he had a kid with her, got annulled because he got arrested and he, he, he called her. She came and visited him, I think. And he was like, listen, I can understand you not wanting anything to do with me. You can go. Take the kid. Like, I will never contact you. I will never reach out to you. I will never try to be in his life because I know that you're, like, ashamed of this whole situation. Um, so the second one, though, um, he's really, I guess, into this lady. And he basically tells her, okay, I'm done. I'm not I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do my time like a good boy. Uh, I promise I won't try to escape. I'll just look at ways that I could escape. 
promise swearsies. Promise, uh, promise, promise, yeah. promise, promise. So through appeals, Forrest manages to get his sentence reduced by half. Uh, he ends up writing a book while he's in there uh, called Can Opener. And he is released in 1993 when he's 73. And him and his wife settle in Florida. They lived a really good life. Uh, Forrest gave like saxophone and clarinet lessons to people in his community. Uh, oh. I would imagine he had some cash stowed away from all those goddamn robberies because they lived a very luxurious life. They had a house that was okay. paid for. They had nice cars. You know, they didn't want. He for had nothing. to have done it smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he didn't have to want for nothing. They were living a great life. Unfortunately, though, Forrest has got that motherfucking dog in him because in 1999 he walks into another bank and robs that motherfucker. Just fucking cuz. How old is he he's, now? He's like, uh, let's see, he got released in 93, and he was 73, so he's like... Almost 80. 80. Yeah, 80. Oh um, my god. So, he dude. makes... Yeah, dude, I know. So he makes off with around $10,000, but he's immediately caught after a high-speed chase, and he crashes his car into a palm tree, and when he gets he, out of his car... crashes he stays crashing cars when he gets out the cops (laughs) the cops thought like they were like he should have been like he looks like someone who was just walking off the golf course like he was like surprised at how old he was um his wife was super fucking uh surprised by this because she she was literally like we have a house that's paid for we have nice cars we go on vacations i don't know why you know why would you even do this again why would you do this? and it's because he's got that motherfucking dog in him the thing is you can't get rid of the dog you can't get rid of the dog you can't it you might be able to silence the dog but it'll it'll always be there so it's always going to be there. Always. He pleads guilty in 2000. He sentenced to 13 years in prison. And in 2004, he passes away by while behind bars. Um, and that is the insane fucking story of Forrest Tucker. One of the best bank robbers to ever live. Wow. That dude had a problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that was some like carnal fucking instinct in his body. That was like, I need to like, it was an addiction. It was a hundred percent an addiction. Yeah, that's not, that's not, it's just insane. It's insane. I, I'm like, so wait, what did he get? How much time did he get for the last one? 13 years. And he's in prison? Is he dead now? He's dead. Yeah, I said he died in 2004, oh. I believe. Yeah. Oh, While yeah. behind bars. Uh, that's sad. He yeah. was married. He was married. You know? He had like a good life and everything outside. And he just like that, like. It's like his story is like badass because it's like you were one of the best bank robbers ever do it. You knocked over fucking 60 plus banks or whatever. But it was like that was that was yeah so easily. But like that was an addiction. Like you were addicted to, you know, that life and the thrill of robbing banks. Because I can imagine. I mean, plus figuring it out. Yeah. The planning and stuff like that. Like you you could be an adrenaline junkie, but there will never be an adrenaline high like robbing a fucking bank and And getting getting away away with with it. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, how much you reckon he he stole? Uh, it had to be like, I would say like over a million easily, because that one heist netted him four hundred thirty thousand dollars. So, and, and granted, it was split yeah, maybe between like a, a couple dudes, yeah. but still, maybe I, maybe it makes like a couple mil. I mean, yeah, I at least a million because he had like a paid for house, and I, granted, it was the nineties or whatever, but still, like he had to have made some pretty decent fucking money doing that. That's insane, but I mean, 
doing it and stashing it is the way. That's yeah, smart. that's the way to go. That's super smart. He wasn't a that's he wasn't really a dumb smart. guy either. He was not a dumb. Plus, guy he got all that gold. Oh sit on the my gold god! For a while. I would bathe in gold. I would fucking I would fill I my bathtub bathtub full of gold and just lay in it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's love awesome. Some, yeah, crazy. I, fucking I insane. I hope we get a bunch of money so we can do stupid that, stuff. That, like that. Jewels and gold in a bathtub? That's a good photo Gen- shoot right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, you ready for the good guy? Yeah, let's He's hear He's a it. pretty interesting dude. Um, I'm covering the story of Clarence Darrow. Do you, know, do you recognize that name? I do not. All right. All right, that's fine. We'll see. So, born in Farmdale, Ohio, on April 18th, 1857. A rough start. I mean, really. Being born in Ohio in the 1800s couldn't be that awesome. His family had a super long, deep tie to American history. Uh, His ancestors landed in New London, Connecticut in 1630. Okay. And they had family uh, down the line that fought in the Revolution. God damn. Yeah, old, old American history. Yeah. Um, his father uh, was, at the time, a determined abolitionist. He was known in town as the village infidel for not being a fucking religious sheep. No shit. Who didn't hate black people. As yeah. one does. But, I mean, it's pretty insane that he happened to have a abolitionist dad in Ohio in the 1850s. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. 1850s. Uh, his dad is actually a super interesting guy, very unusual for the time, uh, well-known in the community for his love to learn, and he had a uh, personal library, basically no one in his socioeconomic status had, and because ev- everyone back then owned a Bible and an almanac. That's it. So, they, I mean, and those are the only two books anybody would need, uh-huh. so. Um, it's like, man, I, that made me think about a time where information was so rare, that you were just yeah like think of what we, the amount of information the amount of things i can learn about in a day now would yeah take, like, it's dude it was fucking months destroy somebody. all of it yeah, yeah absolutely and explode someone's brain i'd go then. insane uh i'd go insane not fucking having information, information so i get it tips yeah so that guy spent like all of his money on books. Yeah, like a whole library. Uh, growing up, even Clarence thought it was wild to have so many books, saying that he feared his father's love of books would grow to be a quote very bad habit. Uh, it's insane. The man's buying books. Let's go fucking easy. On yeah, it, right? Jesus, dude. There's a guy on TikTok who's like a book collector, and his videos are my favorite because he's like the super cool, like older dude. And he's got all these beautiful paintings in the background, and he'll open his vault and pull out, like, his most rare books and shit like that. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I love rare book stuff. I think that stuff's awesome. Same. It's another collection thing I'd love to get into, but can't afford to whisper. Yeah, oh, God. They're so fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, it's too expensive to be alive right now. A hundred percent. Going outside costs me about $80 a day. <laughs> so, um... His dad actually went to a Methodist college in uh, Pennsylvania, but left after the schism had developed over um, slavery. And he was what was called at the time a free thinker, which okay. just means not uh, a Christian zealot. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, a, a real term, like free thinkers, people who question stuff. Like, oh my god. Oh, you guys are fucking stupid. Holy yeah. fuck. You guys, oh my god, your religion encourages you to not ask questions. Come on, bro. It's always sucked. Religion, the religion, about is, that. yeah, the religion has always sucked. 
fucking free thinker slur questioning yeah. beliefs in the Bibles. Um, his mom, uh, Clarence's mom, Emily Darrow, was also a big advocate of women's rights and suffrage. So anyway, that's a little important cultural background for okay. that guy because I mean it's insane to have grown up like that at the time he did. Yeah. All that book learning made him very insistent on his children being educated as well. So Clarence Darrow went to Allegheny College, but he left Allegheny because of financial panic uh, that happened at the time, and he didn't want to be a burden to his dad. A hmm. uh, fun fact, this panic of, of 1873 was caused by the mismanagement of big capital and um, wanton uh, bribery from and corruption from the governments. And it led to a voting revolution against the Republican Party, which ended Reconstruction and basically undid almost every positive change we had after the Civil War. Yeah. Thank you. So he starts teaching uh, to make a little bit of catch and teaches himself the law on his own free time because he thinks it's pretty interesting. That's and pretty after a few years of that, he was urged by his family to go to the law department in Ann Arbor, Michigan and work for them. Back and he does it for just- a little. You could just teach I yourself like, something. Whatever that means. Yeah. I don't You could just teach yourself something and people are like, yeah, man, come on over. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we that's need awesome. You. you read how many books? Three? Oh my god. An expert. Get this man a uh, surgical kit. Yeah. <laughs> Start fucking sewing goat testicles into right? humans. After a year, he figures out that it... That's a reference to an old podcast episode. Call back. Uh, after a year, he figures out if it'd just be better... He's like, it'd just be better to apprentice at a law office. So he does that for a year, takes the Ohio bar, teaches himself how to be a lawyer, becomes a fucking lawyer in like two years, and passed admitted in 1878. I was God, like, God, I damn. hate being alive now. It's so yeah. much harder. He moved around a little, but really started working in Andover, Ohio, getting some good practice in with the common clay, the salt of the earth farm folk and their ilk and issues. You know, morons. So then he moved (laughs) to a town of 5,000, which was the largest in the county, massive, and uh, started working with the Democratic Party. He got married shortly after, fathered a kid, and after eight years moves to Chicago. Gets involved with the Democratic Party there, makes a name for himself as a speech maker. Everyone likes his real pretty words. This man's a learned man. He reads lots of books yeah, real good. This man can and talk. Eventually gets a job with the city for a couple years as like the city council. Then he starts working for a railway company. And you're like, that sounds like bullshit, because railway companies big capital, and they're the ones who fucked America up. But one of his first major cases was representing Eugene Victor Debs, a prominent socialist activist who was the head of the America Railway Union. Oh. Uh, he had led a 10-month a ten month national strike against the crooked capitalist rail owners and was eventually charged by the federal government for violating a court ordinate, order, basically ordering him to work. Uh, our boy Clarence actually cut his ties with the railroad company, taking a huge financial hit to represent Eugene Debs. Damn. Uh, a pretty interesting case. Yeah. Uh, he later uh, took on his first murder case to defend Patrick Prendergast from being executed after he had been convicted. Because he was very against the uh, um, the death penalty. Funny, we talked about that. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's crazy. Uh, he unfortunately did not succeed, but out of the, the over 100 criminal defenses he had, it was the only one that resulted in an execution. Which was unusual at the time because they just fucking blasted, <laughs> lacked people, indigents and uh, invalids. Yeah, you know, did not anybody care. helpful. So he got a big rap as a labor lawyer because of this. He, or he tried to organize a political party, run for Congress, didn't work out. Uh, then he got divorced. Um, letters from the divorced University guys. of Minnesota. 
I know, dude. Divorced, divorced dads. guys. Yep. Letters from the University of Minnesota uh, indicate that it was Darrow's idea because he was fiending for some new fields to sow his oats in. If you know what I'm <laughs> Hell yeah. Fresh gash. So he gave her the house and alimony, and he apparently regretted the marriage, but she didn't give a fuck because she got remarried to a judge. She was like, you made a stupid mistake, bitch. Dummy. He, but he did admit later that he was like, oh, I made such a fool of myself, obviously. Uh, he opposed the U.S. annexation of the Philippines in 1898, which was an unusual opinion at the time. It was also the same year he took a woodworkers union case, and then a few years later he helped the United Mine Workers in Pennsylvania during the Great Coal Strike in 1902. God, do we mind coal God together. damn. Then he married someone like 15 years younger than him. Whatever. Everybody does it. So, in 1906, he starts representing leaders of the Western Federation of Miners. Not like miners, miners. Yeah, like you know? miners. M- like miners. Miners, got it. Got like it. sexy miners, you know what I mean? Um, and they had been charged with conspiracy to murder a former governor slash strike breaker. The, the governor was like, he was a representative of the forces against unions, mm. basically. Um, so that guy did get murdered. That totally happened. Uh, but it was one guy who did it kind of all by himself. But the DA and the government used his association with the other labor leaders to indict them as well, because everything is against unions. Yeah, There's naturally. nothing they hate more than if we have rights and negotiate for ourselves. He managed to get acquitted, um, and for some of the people, and charges dropped for others. One of these men, William Big Bill Haywood, was a famous union brawler. Very interesting dude. If you guys want to read about him... Um, he he was a big dynamite guy for the unions. Hell so cool. yeah, that's bad. Yeah, he was not afraid of fucking violence. Um, and he eventually fled to the Soviet Union and lived out his days there. And he's one of four American men to be buried at the Kremlin Wall. Damn, four. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, whoa, Clarence Darrow's meeting the coolest, the coolest dudes. fucking people. These guys are nuts. So this shit got a big clout with the labor leaders. I mean, and you know, he's been done all these cases, but this is why he was called in to defend the McNamara brothers, a pair of unionists who bombed the LA Times, killing uh, 21 people and injuring, injuring another hundred. Damn. It was actually the fires that they started that killed all those people. Okay. The explosion didn't really get hardly anybody. Okay. Um, they blew up the LA Times, the newspaper, because the owner was anti-union, constantly ran stories against them, and worked with other business owners to obliterate the last of the unions in LA. Back when people and I'm like, did stuff, bro. People were like, uh, oh. about the action. It's like, oh, you you want to run some crazy fucking bullshit newspaper stories because you own it? Like, all right, I'm going to blow up blow, your newspaper. Yeah, I'm going to blow you up. That's what it I'm is. Gonna, <laughs> your newspaper sucks. They didn't mean to kill those people. They planned the where they'd placed the explosive had been to uh, blow up the presses, uh, but it lit the natural gas lines on fire. Dude, it's like when I was hanging out with a bunch of those vegan people in LA that one time, and they were like talking about their cause or whatever. And I was like, "Why don't you just go like burn down like a slaughterhouse or something?" Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like, just do it. Be about the action. Go fucking blow something up. They're like, because it's more fun to complain about it than actually solve the problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and it's way harder to buy dynamite than it used to be. It is. You get that shit at Sears, Yeah, it's bro. hard to get your hands on some dynamite. I honestly think there's a correlation between the ready accessibility of dynamite among the population and our departure from our wages. I think uh, the the less dynamite we have access to, the more they we'll steal be, yeah, from the us. More I'm we just saying. From our I'm wages. just saying. I can, yeah, I'm I agree saying. with that. I get behind that. Um, Bring back dynamite for everybody. Bring uh, back dynamite for everybody. The only thing that... 
stops a bad guy with dynamite is a good, a good guy, guy with, with dynamite. dynamite. Here's your government <laughs> issued dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you will get, and here is your, your security <laughs> card. You do get your one stick. Yeah. Here's your Dick Cheney slap. <laughs> Click. Yeah. <laughs> and your dynamite. So the, that, the cons, the uh, whole trial around this is a pretty complicated story that I wasn't going to get super into, but the long story short of it was that he was a Clarence Darrow ended up being accused of bribing a juror, which kind of fucked up the case. Yeah. And he does get those guys basically not executed because that's, they're like, bro, you did that shit. Yeah. We got it. (laughs) We got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Clarence Darrow gets put on trial. He gets acquitted on one. And then the second trial gets a hung jury. Uh, the DA is like, all right, we won't retry it if you just don't work as a lawyer in California. He's like, whatever yeah early people early biographers were like no he didn't do this that is slander from big business he did that shit he did it. <laughs> sometimes I mean, he did you it. gotta grease someone's pocket sometimes you gotta yeah. fucking put your thumb on the scale i'm yeah. just saying yeah one side of the scale's got a lot more money on it than the other exactly. so whatever um the accusations and subsequent trials effectively ended his run as a labor leader so he moved to criminal justice because he thought representation was very important, and he saw how fucked you could get by the justice system. Yeah. <laughs> and he was particularly adamantly against execution. So his first really big case was the murder of Bobby Franks, a 14-year-old black boy. He had been killed by two rich white kids, one who was admitted to Harvard and another who was the youngest University of Michigan graduate ever. They totally did that shit, admitted it, loved it. Uh, the trial was huge. It was a classic trial of the century that everyone followed because how could these good boys do something like this? Know. You know, the, these rich white folk, you know, they're the really the victim. Um, Darrow switched up on the prosecution because they were like, oh, he's going to say that they're innocent or whatever. And he's like, no, plead guilty. Um, and he's like, I'm going to lawyer the shit out of the sentencing so that you guys don't get executed. Um, so the prosecution was a little surprised by that. His closing arguments, which were widely published, Drew in a lifelong belief that Darrow had that environmental and psychological influences mold human behavior. Uh, because back then, bad people who murdered people were just bad people with the devil inside. Yeah, them. And, goddamn you right. Know, they should probably be shot like a dog. Uh-huh. Where in, you know, and certain kinds of people just steal more. That's just what they believe. Just what it is. So, um, Clarence was like, no, I don't think so. Uh, he basically argued that the kids were emotionless psychopaths. He was like, these kids are fucked up. <laughs> uh, and, uh, he was like, tr- arguing for an insanity defense. He paired it with the public awareness campaign so that the judge didn't feel like worried about setting some kind of precedent. He's like, made people like care about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so the, he got the kids' licenses instead of being executed, which yeah. is insane precedent. I was, I mean, and like, I know not the most sympathetic dudes, right? Not no, awesome. No. But he is arguing, he's putting into court the U.S. system that understanding that people aren't just like born that way. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like, yeah. There's other factors at play. It's yeah. not just. Especially like in a time where, like, again, if you were mentally ill, you were just, you got ghosts in your blood and the devil in your body. And that's. Yeah. It. So, like, getting, get, about it. Yeah, getting a sentence reduced under those, you know, kind of terms is pretty fucking, even though the two kids fucking sucked, pretty crazy for those times. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, like, I was like, insane perspective that he had too. like, I don't know, very sympathetic to, to ultimately monsters. Yeah. Um, so the trial that really got a big attention, and this is how I knew Clarence Sarah's name 
was the defense of John Scopes in the Tennessee versus Scopes trial, or as you know it, may know it, the Monkey Scopes trial. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Dude, this is crazy. They had a like the book Inherit the Wind. You never read that book no. for school? You uh, never saw the movie Inherit the Wind? No. Or the play? No. Uh, no. Man, that not is so all. crazy. Yeah. That shit was all up in my school. Really? Classes. No, I have I, not. We had tons. Look at the cover. Of it's it. about so those not in the know. John Scopes was arrested for teaching evolution in school because it was illegal in Tennessee to teach quote any theory that denies the story of divine creation of man <laughs> as taught in the Bible, <laughs> and to teach instead that man is descended from a lower order of animals. So these fucking dum dums literally got together to pass a law to be like, you can't tell us I'm wrong. Shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, fuck you. And don't let any of those kids learn about it either. A lower. I'm like, you're so stupid. Yeah. Uh, why are you making this about yourself? So what dumb. The fuck? They're like, uh, I ain't a monkey. Yeah, yeah, we understand yeah, that. Yeah, we never said you not. were, dummy. I know you're not. Jesus Christ. Fucking idiot. Uh, so in this case, he grilled the imposing counsel on his beliefs and corners the student into admitting, all right, maybe, maybe not everything <laughs> in the Bible is totally <laughs> literal. Okay. Darrow, however, loses the trial. I mean, it's Tennessee. It's a white jury of Christian yeah, folk. And yeah. he did teach evolution. In fact, all that stuff that he grills them on is not allow- even allowed to be admitted. But he grills them for hours in front of the jurors. And it's like a big like cultural shift as a result of those remarks getting out. Damn. Um. So, yeah, Darrow loses the trial. But the widely publicized trial causes a change in public sentiment and popularized discourse against teaching Christianity in schools. Badass. Nice. Nice. Uh, and um, eventually the case was overturned because of procedural issue. But Darrow had tr- been trying to get it dismissed on constitutional grounds because he was pushing for them to be like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You can't pass laws about Christianity in the state. He wasn't. He's was honestly way ahead of his time on that shit. Um, another very famous trial that he had was the defense of Ossian Sweet in September 25. I didn't write the year. The 30s? Hell yeah. Hold on. Sometimes I'd be doing that too. I just completely. 1925. 1925. So in September of 1925, a white mob in Detroit tried to drive out a uh, black family that committed the unspeakable act of buying a house in a white neighborhood. How dare. That was crazy. How dare you. In all the chaos of the white piss babies attacking people who legally bought property near them. Uh, they were the black family was forced to defend their home, and a white assailant was shot and killed. A white mob member. Nice. All eleven men in the home were arrested and charged with murder. Uh, like, what? Oh it's just, it's what? I know. What so Darrow argued to an all-white jury that this shit was obviously fucking racist because if the situation reversed we wouldn't even be at trial yeah, we'd no, be fucking fuck pinning no. awards on these motherfuckers yeah. dude uh, so Ossian got a mistrial they tried and, and then they're like alright fine we will try all the uh, defendants individually the brother who shot the man was found not guilty in self defense he did kill that guy but yeah he was being mobbed for doing nothing Yeah, and uh, so the charges were dropped for the other 10 men uh, Clarence Darrow's final remarks lasted seven hours and Damn. were considered pivotal in the civil rights movement and is widely considered one of the greatest speeches in the 20th century. 
Uh, and on top of all that, he was constant. It was a prominent anti-eugenicist and constantly shitted on them with essays where he did, got into their genealogy and shit and was like, "You were ignoring that. Look at you, bro. You're <laughs> half black anyway. You stupid idiot." And just made the eugenicists look awful. Uh, and you know, he lived out his days and he died as an old man. And that's that's the story. Fucking. Fucking Claire Sarah. He's Hell honestly yeah. a, a powerful force yeah. for good. What a fucking G. God damn. Dude, I mean, like, remarkable fucking, like, perspective and opinion at for the, the time. time. Yeah, like, for the time. Uh, unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it was fucking light years ahead. We're of so it. lucky a smart white man argued with, t- with the farm dumb, folk yeah, like that. Dumb, you know, dumb, Jesus dumb white Christ. trash people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Inherit the Wind is a great book. Uh, good play. Great movie. I mean, uh, you should check it out if you haven't. And, and the Scopes Trial is really interesting. Uh, they teach that's, they, I think maybe that comes up a little more in Kansas because Kansas had a lot of more recent, uh, debates and stuff about okay. teaching evolution in school. That's where the uh, Flying Spaghetti Monster was from Kansas. No shit, really? The Pastafari? Yeah. Yeah, it was like made in protest of that's tight. teaching evolution or not, or, you know, teaching other perspectives yeah. in church so, or a school. So they were like, okay, fine, you have to teach us about the, uh, the flying spaghetti monster. I and knew that. Like, yeah. I just, I, did, I knew that. I just didn't know. I didn't know it originated in Kansas. That's yeah. pretty sick. That's fucking yeah. badass. Also, so that's story of Clarence Darrow. I thought, I thought I was like, damn, this guy really puts up his dukes. Yeah, fucking his mouth having closing remarks that are seven hours. My guy is crazy. I don't think I could talk for seven hours about anything. To be honest, um, that's fucking bananas. Yeah, what a real one. Yeah. So uh, that's. I mean, that's all we got. I mean, I think you got we, a recommendation for the week. Yeah, watch Jules. It's really cute and kind of sad, but really cute. Uh, I think this was a sugary episode. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, I think we both, I think it's a pretty, I don't know, even balance. Well, no, no. Um, that guy Rob Banks, your guy was like pivotal, pivotal in the uh, yeah. civil rights he movement. Was like, so I think it's yeah. a sugary episode. He saved people's lives. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Even people that are like fucking monsters that he was like, you guys suck, but you know. Yeah, I and the I think, state shouldn't be killing you. Yeah, I think that I think that's also like the sign of being a good fucking lawyer is like you have people who are obviously like, you know, the devil and you're like, "Okay, well I got to I got to de- put a defense up for you and see, you know, get you not murdered by the state." So, yeah, what a fucking goddamn G. Good god. My recommendation um God, I don't know. Uh, I mean, now that I finished season seven of Rick and Morty, if you care about that show, I think it is still good. And um, with the new characters, the new writing, you can watch it guilt free because Justin Roiland's not a part of it. He's Hell not, yeah. and he's horrible. And it's a great season. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, that's not that's not a bad one. No, not bad at all. Yeah. So Jules movie about an alien that crash lands in an old man's backyard and he befriends it. And then uh, the new season of Rick and Morty. Uh, We'll see you guys next week for another episode. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, If you want to contact us, hit up the podcast, Instagram, at Podcast. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Be safe, be kind to others, be kind to yourself. Love you so much. Bye-bye.